This episode of Camp Nightmare is brought to you by the Pittsburgh Moving Picture Festival, Trailer Bash, and Raging Pages. Submit your trailer or script today on Film Freeway. Gypsy Cab Studios and the Nerd Camp Network present Camp Nightmare, a podcast for happy campers. There'll be fun, fiends, and ghosts. Maybe even a few murders. And of course, you're all invited. What up, everybody? Hey, campers. I'm Jordan. I'm JB. Welcome back to Camp Nightmare. Today, we are welcoming back a very special guest, actor Sean Whalen, who horror fans might know best as Roach from People Under the Stairs, and you camp listeners probably have heard us talk to in season three when we had him on to talk about Roach and a, and a bunch of his other iconic yeah, roles. He's he so has, much more than Roach. He has so many iconic roles, honestly. Yeah, and you'll hear about this in the in the interview today, but like one of the things I think that I really feel for Sean on is that, that, that he wants to be known as Sean Whalen. He's a creative force of his own and I think he's really getting the respect yeah. now that he deserves for that kind of thing and and that's why we have him on today to talk about his directorial debut Crust a movie that he has co-written that he is the force behind he's going to be starring in it and we were blessed enough to to be able to read the script yeah uh, after our interview with him he reached out to us and was like hey would you guys like to read the script and we were like fuck yeah yes uh, so we both read the script hell yeah without um, giving you guys any spoilers yeah. suffice to say it's a ton of fun it's a creature feature horror movie. If I had to give an analog for what it made me feel like, it, it reminded me of, of Willard, which is a movie yeah. I like quite a bit. It also reminded me of Basket Case quite a bit, which yeah. is a movie I love. And there's a there's a movie with Ken uh, Follett from the state and all that mm -hmm. called Bad Milo. Oh, yes. That yeah, it reminds yeah, me a lot that. of where he has the poo that comes out and gross. kills people. Gross. Cool. Well, um, <laughs> well it's in, this is a movie that embraces the gross, but also has a whole lot of heart and has a lot to say um, on like the, the mental health front, which I think is really the part of this script beyond the creature feature yeah. element, which obviously I always love. Uh, seeing stuff like a sock monster eat somebody alive. I 100% agree with you. I think even when we talked to him, there was something really special that happened there. There was a real connection there, and there was a real, like, I understood where he was coming from at the end of it. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, you know, yeah, 100%. Spe specifically, you know, we, we kind of briefly talk about divorce and the trauma that comes from that and the depression that 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 people that get divorced go through which i went through and when he brought that up immediately i was like oh okay yeah no i know exactly what you're talking about yeah and it's and, you know i feel like last time we had sean on the show we we had we had so many questions and we had so many things we, yeah. we had to get answered we had to talk about roach had to talk about twister and and this time you know we could just talk like this time i felt yeah. like we could just have a conversation focus around and we obviously were talking about crust but we were we just got to know Sean a little bit better this time yeah. and it was a really good time and what's amazing <laughs> to see how electric he gets and how excited yeah. he is about this movie because campers that is the person you want making your creature feature the person who yeah. lives and breathes it and is, is this excited about it well and the person who has a a 
a personal vested theme in it, right? Yeah. Like, and what's even more exciting is some of the top build cast of this movie have all been on this show. We have Felissa Rose and Daniel Roebuck and Sean Whalen in some of the top three roles. And he just announced Alan Ruck, who we have not had on the show, is also going to play a pivotal role in the film. So the basic premise of this movie is that it's a gentleman who is in an extreme state of depression. I'm not going to give you the details of who he is or why he's there, but he's in an extreme state of depression. And he runs a laundromat, owns a laundromat, and he creates a cum-filled sock monster to eliminate the people that he perceives as having done him wrong. You know, we go into the interview, Sean talks about like where he was in his life when he was writing this and how things had really just taken a dark turn for him. Yeah, and it might shock you guys to know that there is a much deeper level behind this cum-filled sock monster. Yeah. And that's sort of what today's conversation's about. So if you guys enjoyed today's conversation, I highly suggest you consider contributing to his crowdfunding campaign, which they are killing it right now on Indiegogo. They really are. But you should, you guys should go pick up a perk. Uh, I know JB and I are going to be contributing as Camp Nightmare, and you guys should too. So head over to Indiegogo and look up the movie Crust. We're going to be posting a link to the Indiegogo in the X-Files section as well. If you want to contribute, Indiegogo.com and then just search Crust. And we had a really long conversation, much longer than expected with Sean. So in addition to the stuff that you hear on today's episode, we're going to be putting some extra Sean Whalen conversation content up on our Patreon and that's at patreon.com slash camp nightmare. You know what we almost forgot to do? Get into some what's new. Uh, so up first, trauma. God, we love trauma. Speaking of like the granddaddy of independent filmmakers. That's right. Uh, they always got a surprise. They really do. Lloyd, Uncle Lloydy, man. First of all, I think he's immortal. I'm fairly certain he's immortal. I sure hope so. Secondly, you're absolutely right, man. He always has something up his sleeve. He is one of the most savvy and clever mm-hmm. people in the industry I've ever met. Yes. Uh, so they are re- they're releasing a deep cut, uh, Lolly Love. To its streaming platform, Troma Now. Yeah, and this is a movie I had no idea existed uh, until Uncle Lloydy, you know, put it yep. on his shelf. This is a movie that was done uh, over a decade ago uh, yeah. with James Gunn and Jenna Fisher starring. Uh, it's like an indie it's when they were still comedy. Married. It's when they were still married. Yeah, and more importantly, Jenna Fisher directs this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, which I had no idea she directed a trauma movie. Yeah, she well, so she was married to James. They're from the same hometown. They're both from Kansas City. Oh, wow. For those who don't know, Jenna Fisher is Pam from The Office. So they're from the same hometown, and they were like high school sweethearts. Wow. And fucking weirdo high school sweethearts, I have to imagine. Well, it's so, well, it's so like adorable to in the interviews, the behind the scenes, Jenna Fisher is being interviewed about her trauma movie, and mm-hmm. she's just like, well, you know, I, have, I feel like I have a very dark sense of humor. She does. And I'm like, aw. <laughs> yeah, she does. Though. Well, clearly she does. Um, and so Lolly Love is their quirky indie trauma comedy. Yeah. Uh, and it is up on Troma and dude, Now. I will not to, you know, we're not getting paid to say this, but I will, we're both Troma Now subscribers. Yeah. And uh, it's like $4.99 a month, dude, for, for our, everything. And it's all the craziest shit about like, You can also rent it on Amazon. Uh, but who wants to do that? Why not pay? For, you could rent it for four ninety nine one time, right? Or get all of Troma for, for the, the same exact, exact price. Yeah, exactly. So up next on what's new, video game news. Uh, popular horror game Dead by Daylight. This is another one I've never played. Um, it's kind of like the Friday Thirteenth game. Uh, but it's a whole bunch of different slashers. Honestly, I didn't care for Dead by Daylight nearly as much because I like Friday the 13th so much. Sure. And I was just like, eh, it's sure. kind of the yeah, same thing. Yeah, you said the same thing about the Dead Alive kind game. Kind of the same thing. Or not Dead Alive the, game, the... Um, Evil, De- Evil, Evil Dead's Dead a bit different, but I feel like Dead by Daylight kind of follows more of the 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 structure of the Friday the 13th okay. game. But either way, it's getting a movie treatment 
from who else would be giving you this? Blumhouse, of course. With in collaboration with James Wan Studio, Atom- Atomic Monster. Yeah. So like, so that's so good, what is that? Is that just de- a slasher movie, or I don't know? That's you a know? decent pedigree. Sure. Like, yeah, like, I'm into it. You know, Dead by Daylight kind of feels like. Uh, I don't know how much story I guess is involved in the game. I played through it like a little bit, but uh, it's mostly just survivalist horror. That's what I thought too. But well, well I we'll mean, see. listen, if they can make Doom into a movie, who they knows? can make. This into a movie. Right. Oh, you could make anything. Just put, anything just into a movie. Just put Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it. You're good. Hey. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you're good. And you're fine. But a big, I, like, I imagine Blum is like, let's get Dwayne The Rock Johnson, call it a day. We got him on retainer. <laughs> we keep him in the green screen uh, room so we can shoot him for whatever movie we want. So we'll see what happens with yeah, that. Up next in movie news. Remember when uh, the Grindhouse double feature released in actual theaters? Yes, for like, sir, yes, for like sir a, I do. A couple weeks before they split it up. Yes, sir, I remember that. And remember how in between the movies they put all those fake trailers? Uh, mm-hmm, remember and remember how those movies sort of keep making those into real movies? Yep, I remember like that Machete. The, Machete is like the, the most famous. Well, we're doing another one. Now Eli Roth is actually going to make that Thanksgiving movie. I could not be more excited <laughs> about this. That uh, that he put in the fake Listen, trailers. I just need Eli Roth to go back to his roots and do what he's best at doing. Like he's been branching off, trying to figure out who he is as a sure. as a as a. I think he's having like a middle age crisis or uh, midlife crisis oh, okay. as a filmmaker. You know, he made the horrible um, Death Wish. Death he, Wish. He made yeah. Death Wish with yeah. Bruce Willis, and it was fucking garbage oh. he made uh the house of the clock and its walls right which was actually really good just was not very eli like it, it, it it's, it's for kids just, right yeah, yeah and that's not what eli roth does look there are yeah. horror directors out there that can also make children's films you're not one of them dude stick to hostel stick to green inferno <laughs> yeah. i am happy to see him returning to those roots and, yeah. I, and i imagine this is just going to be an insanely bloody Thanksgiving themed slasher, which we which need. we need, we need. That. We haven't had one in like decades, really. Well, we well, have yeah, Thanksgiving three was that's like... over a decade ago. Yeah. Oh, so decades right. ish. But when we're talking about who's starring in this movie, apparently Patrick Dempsey here for that. Mc, is uh, in, McDreamy is in is in talks isn't for that, this movie. Isn't that Doctor McDreamy? I guess from, he's uh... trying to like shake that. Like pretty boy, like uh, you know, kind of look. He's like, dude, I need to, I need to, like, is is Eli Roth doing anything? Can I get killed like or his, kill somebody? Dude, Patrick Dempsey's like in his mid fifties. It's a bit late to he's shed like, that. He, people keep calling him McDreamy, as you did. He's That's like, true. I gotta. He's like, I gotta do something else. Every time someone calls McDreamy, it just he he's like uh like Sean Whalen, right? Sean doesn't want to be the milk guy forever, uh, right? Patrick's yeah. like, I don't want to be McDreamy forever. I want to be the guy who fucking slaughters people on Thanksgiving. So real quick on that tip, that's how I explained to Karen who Sean Whalen was. Ah, well. I tried Roach, no go. No I go. tried Kid from Twister, no go. I tried that thing you do, no go. I was like, you remember the original? Never been kissed. Tried that, no go. Wow. So no I go. was like, I was like, remember the original milk commercial with the guy that couldn't say Aaron Burr. And she's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, that's Sean Whalen. And she was like, oh, and like <laughs> starstruck, though. Star- she was like, you talked to him? And I was like, yeah. yes, honey. Oh, my God. We have an eight by 10 there that he sent us. See, everyone has their Sean Whalen right. moment. And that's what he was saying is that like he can gauge, he can yeah. read people based on where they know him from. He's developed his like uh, sixth sense that way. We, we're still working on it. Yeah. So that's it for what's new. Up next on our steaming pile of streaming picks. Up first on Shudder. Blood Glacier. Blood Glacier. Like, I, I'm i into this just I, for the name. I'll love. That's why I put it on. I love it with <laughs> yeah. you. That's 100% why I put it on. I'm like, what is a blood glacier? Yeah. You know, these are questions that I want answered. So I watched this movie. And it and it did deliver on a blood. Is glacier. it a glacier full so, of blood? So this is a strange movie because it's like there's like two tones to this movie. There's like it, the whole thing is really well shot. Uh, there's the the tone of the very 
serious uh, character arc that happens to the main character, mm-hmm. and they they do it very well. It's beautifully acted. It's it's like sad and everything, and then there's the schlocky creature feature. And they're like, it's all in the same movie. It's all in the I mixing do, pot. It's very I, strange. I, you know what? And that that's thematically that fits with the day because lots of practical what, effects. That's essentially what crust is. It's yeah. like thematic. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's a movie full of heart and good writing that also has an absurd <laughs> practical cum filled crust monster. Yeah. So Blood Glacier is about a bunch of researchers who are uh, uh, who. Basically, climate change has melted our glaciers, Uh-oh. and this one glacier melts, and it's like just full of blood. Full of blood. What it turns out not to be blood. It's like red microbes. Ah, that it's, like, red, it's a red tide. Kind of like that, yeah. And anything that like drinks from the melted glacier eats these DNA changing microbes that like fuse its DNA with the DNA of anything in its stomach. What? And then they turn into like crazy. Uh, all- it's a mix of like the thing. And then, like, there are creatures bursting out of stuff, so it's kind of like Alien. Uh, it's I'm, a mix. I'm here for it's this. It's a mix. So Blood Glaciers on Shudder. And as we already said, on Troma Now, Lolly Love. Love. Go yep. check that out. So up next on Netflix, Splatter. And I say it like that because there's an explanation point on it. It's in the name. Uh, you got to so- yell it. Listen, this is not a good movie. My my two (laughs) picks, neither one of them are good movies. But they're worth watching. It has Corey Feldman in it, and it's basically about... What what year is this movie? What kind of Corey Feldman are we talking about? It's it's late, Corey Feldman. It's like like late 20... it's early twenty ten, early to mid twenty tens. Okay, did he have like the um the, the black hair that's oh, like yeah. Michael Jackson style? No, he's got like no no he's got like the long Eddie Furlong. Oh yeah, okay. like grungy. Yeah, yeah yeah grungy style. There's a lot of eras to uh, this man. There are. Uh, so it's essentially it's a reality TV star that has fallen on hard times and creates a, his own reality TV show where people have to survive this house and oh, he God. just murders them one by one. Oh okay, a murder reality. Is this is it like his personal? It's, show, it's, or is this it's, like streaming it's, to the world? It's streaming. Okay. Uh, well, I don't. They never really. You don't really ever figure that out. Like maybe the rest of the world is seeing it, but it uh, might yeah. just be he's the only one that's ever going to see it. Uh, but either way, <laughs> it's worth a watch. Okay. Uh, up last on Tubi, I put this on here for you, buddy. I spit on your tombstone. So is this like a western? This is a western horror. All right. That is essentially a take on I spit on your grave. Yeah. <laughs> but in the old west. So I don't know if you guys are familiar okay. with the I Spit on Your Grave films. I'm actually a f- big they're they're like the original 70s versions with the exception of Last House on the Left were like the original yeah. revi- like like uh uh extreme revenge horror films, right? It was basically girl- Let's say what it is. They're rape revenge movies. Yeah, I mean it's like straw it's straw like straw, straw dogs, dogs uh yeah. Last House on the Left, these movies. It's yeah. basically this girl gets beaten and raped by a bunch of dudes. And then she exacts revenge on them like a year later. So it's like I sp- a very weird subgenre that exists. You know, now yeah. that I'm thinking about well, it. Well, so I spit on your tombstone is like subgenre <laughs> within subgenre. So it's it's definitely the rape revenge film. Yeah. And the protagonist in it, the girl is in, is an American Indian uh-huh. who her whole village is wiped out and she's oh, wow. raped and presumed murdered by these white men hmm. in the old west. And so then she. Hunts them down as an American Indian warrior and fucking murders all of them violently. This sounds cool. Uh, it's it is. It's cool. It's real low budget. 
Yeah, it's. I noticed it's on Tubi and not anywhere else. Yeah, it's real low budget. <laughs> so that's sometimes um, that's sometimes what you get with Tubi. But, but like, given your good, per- good yeah, low budget, because I, I like to see what people do with low budget. It's not terrible because like, it's tough to make you know like it, a you know like was, that's essentially a western, right? And yeah. you know, so like that's tough to make on a low budget. Listen, it's at least as good as zero. Is oh, it's that bad? I, no, it's better than that. Okay, good. I'm just I was trying not to speak. I was trying to speak ill of zero without speaking ill of zero. But okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's light years better than like Zero and Trailer Park of the Dead. But All it's, right. But it's fucking. But and those movies are great in their own right. Yeah. Um. Okay. Because you know, westerns are tough, dude. Like I'm gearing up to 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 shoot yeah. a western in April, and that shit's not easy, dude. There's like every time there's a horse in the shot. Well, don't we're talking me- insurance. We're talking like. Uh, experienced right. riders and safety anytime we've all fucking... seen we've all seen nope oh. we know what happens when you don't have the ex- <laughs> exactly <laughs> yep somebody gets kicked in the face yeah i'm not trying to get kicked in the face i'm trying to oh, be safe man. on this western so can we, talk, can we talk about that for a second can we do a little can we do a little mini we need to talk about yeah we yes we need to talk about alec baldwin we do need to, ta- we well, need, we need to talk about we need, the rust situation we, we need to talk about society in regards to alec baldwin i'm interested to see what perspective so he's currently been with. charged with involuntary manslaughter yeah I agree with that. Really? I think it's total bullshit. I think here here's why I agree with it. Do you know what involuntary manslaughter is? It's basically you committed an act that involuntarily led to the death of someone. Yeah. Which is exactly what Alec Baldwin did. Um, whether or not it was intentional is 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 irrelevant. I agree. He pulled the trigger on a gun that killed someone. He was part of the machine that killed that woman. I I don't think he needs to serve life in prison. Or or even any jail time. But I think he does need to be held accountable in the same circle of people that are ultimately responsible for the reason this woman is not alive. I don't agree the at all. The armorer is the person that needs to be charged with, like, murder. The lady whose job it was to make sure that gun wasn't loaded with real bullets is the person who needs to be charged with actual murder. It needs to be the armorer and the assistant director and nobody else. I, I don't... See... Here's the Nobody other, here's the did. other part of this is that Alec Baldwin is a producer on that movie as well. So, and I think as a result, well, I mean, there's some question as to do the producers uh, does does that movie in general need to be, no because be, they hired people to do so the you don't, job of you safety. Don't, like you don't think that movie should be involved in the restitution to that woman's family? You don't yeah, that's that, a different story. But I think when you're looking at like, who actually should be charged with it, it's not the actor. It's like that it is never the actor's well, job. So to first know, of all, no like, one's charging him as the actor. They're charging him as the individual, as, Alec Baldwin. They're not saying sure. that because you acted in this scene, that's why you're being charged. Well, he's the one you're saying because he pulled the trigger. But it's not the actor's, the person who's given the gun and told it's safe by the assistant director and the armorer. That is the chain of command. They are given the prop and assured its safety and told to do by what to do by the director. Yeah, and I, that's why I think. Those... Then if he does it and it goes wrong, it's not that person's fault. So I agree that it's not Alec Baldwin's fault. We agree on that. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I think Alec Baldwin needs to be included in the circle of people that make restitution to this woman's family. And the easiest way to sure. go about that is to charge him with a crime so that you have a legal precedent to then make him pay her money for the fact or pay her husband and child money for the fact that she is dead because he is a producer on that film. He is part of the executive production yeah, of that but film. So is uh, the cinematographer, the dead cinematographer's husband now who joined after her death to complete the film which you could then complete in her honor and then take profits and give it all to that I family. I did not know that he joined the production afterwards. He did. To finish it. So I just don't see that how changes, the, that changes things in my mind. Uh, yeah, I just I don't see how this makes sense. 
to, I mean, to me. Like, if this was anybody but Alec Baldwin who was in that position, I feel like, and and pulled that trigger, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Maybe. The fact that it's like a huge actor who pulled that trigger the end of that person's life yeah they want we want a sacrificial lamb sure that's definitely the majority of this is that that people want someone that they know to suffer consequence nobody knows the other executive producers on that nobody knows the armorer right if you're gonna attack him as a producer then you need to attack every other producer because the producer's job was to hire the people to make this job and i and i agree i think every other i think Anyone involved in the executive portion of this production should be held culpable for something. Here. I think I think I agree with the restitution aspect, but I think if you're talking about criminal charges, I do, I think it, it relies strictly in the chain you, of command that involves weaponry. So how do you how do you make someone pay restitution without charging them criminally? Do you take it to like a civil suit? I don't like, know. I don't know the takes, answer to that. That, takes, but a, like, that takes years. To sue somebody in civil court, I, like I don't know, I just don't think this well, is the right way. Also, I think you have to lose in a criminal case to then charge someone in a civil case for for loss of life. Like OJ is a great example. Ron Goldman and um, Nicole Brown's families sued only were able to sue OJ in civil court after he was acquitted in criminal court. So there's, you know, part of this is our fucked up justice system that like we can't just take Alec Baldwin to civil court and say you have to pay these people X amount of dollars. He has to be acquitted of a criminal charge for him to be able to be charged in a civil court, which is absurd. I mean, I think the answer lies somewhere more in in what I said earlier is like is is bring bring her husband on as executive producer, finish the her la- final project, and let him, that was let like him cre- let him collect a paycheck from it. Yeah, and let the family take those profits. So like, let them benefit from the thing that she was out there creating anyway. The images that she was sculpting with her camera that she wanted the world to see, like that's what she wants. She wants the movie to be done. I'm sure. And if the family can help get that done, and then. That can actually, and then they can reach some agreement, you know? Like, I'm sure Alec Baldwin would be ap- amicable to something like, yeah, fucking take the money from this Yeah, movie, but then you know? Nancy Grace wouldn't have anything to talk about. Yeah, and that's, her, that is tragic, isn't it? Show. Yeah, it is tragic, right? <laughs> oh, poor Nancy Grace. Uh, so that does it for streaming picks. Tra- and our, and our, we need to talk about. And Alec yeah, we Baldwin. squeeze one of those in. That's always fun. Good, good fun tangents, you know? Up next, our trailer of the week. All right, so this week we got something that's definitely not horror, but it is filled with slime and mutants. Yeah. So I feel like this counts. This is TMNT Mutant Mayhem. This is uh, this is Seth Rogen's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. We mentioned, I think, in the What's New a million years ago that he was starting to make this movie, and it looks pretty awesome. Like, for, for one, this is the first time I feel like I've heard voice actors that sound like fucking teenagers doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that they, it's silly. It's not like the last iteration, the Michael Bay one, they're all like hard as fuck ninjas and we're going to fucking yeah, kick fucking... your ass, you motherfucker. Well, it was like half that and half like, let's sell some toys. And they were like, jacked as fuck. Yeah, and like, it <laughs> just, like, it was really, going on they here? didn't go full gritty. Like, no. right? Like, the Power Rangers movie went full gritty. Right. Right? Like, this movie went half gritty, or the Michael Bane version went half gritty, but then it was also like real mad cartoonish in a way because they needed to sell toys. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. No, fuck that. I mean, you're going to sell toys no matter what. This is the toy selling franchise, but like, this this feels more spiritually like what I want to see out of uh, 
out of this kind of movie. And, you know, like there was something very nostalgic and magical about the very beginning of this trailer when the Nickelodeon movies thing comes up, the the reimagining of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles score. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this movie, which is honestly something I didn't ever think I was going to say again about a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles property. I thought my days of being excited about that that franchise were kind of over. They definitely pay a lot of homage to the original, like you said. Yeah. Like, they definitely... um, But it's weird, because, like, if you go back and read the books that the original cartoon was based on, like, those are almost more like the Michael Bay movie. Mm. Right? They're they're way grittier, way darker. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I like the the splattery, slime, uh, pizza-loving... Doofuses a yeah. little bit, you know. Yeah. Look, look at this cast. Jackie Chan is in this movie. Isn't he? Isn't he Splinter? I think he is Splinter. Ice Cube is in this movie. Paul Rudd, Hannibal Rest, Post Malone, Maya Rudolph, uh, Rose Byrne, fucking dude, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, John Cena, Hannibal Burris, and Seth Rogen is playing. I, I forget if it's Bebop or Rocksteady. He's playing one of the idiotic like side cronies. Uh, Post Malone definitely needs to either be Michelangelo or the other side crony. Oh no, the, he's too old, dude. They look their their actual cast of of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are oh, like it's the kids. Are the kids? Yeah, they're like I'm saying, they're actually voiced by teenagers. It's you know because that that always was kind of weird because they were always like surfer dudes, but like uh, I don't no, necessarily. Only Michelangelo like a, was a surfer dude. Uh, that's true. He was a surfer dude. The rest of them were just like weird. Well, they didn't sound teenage. That's true. You know, they didn't sound uh, that young. I want to know who Giancarlo. I bet you Giancarlo Esposito is playing Shredder. I'll bet you Jackie oh, Chan is Splinter. Yeah. I bet you Rose Byrne, I'm going to say, is April O'Neil. Um, and the animation is cool. It's this mix of like stop motion looking, digital. It's yeah. cool. I, I enjoy the, it, the style. It reminds me a lot of Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, totally. Where it, seems totally like, yeah. it seems like the animation is sort of like constantly evolving and changing throughout the film, which yeah. I really, cool. one of the things I really appreciated about Spider-Verse was that anytime they introduced a new dimension, it was a different, it was, Everything. sometimes it was a slightly different type of animation, sometimes it was wildly different, Love but I that. really appreciated that they had one art director for the entire sh- for the entire mm-hmm. piece, but there were a number of different artists based on what dimension it was. That's so cool. And it kind of, this kind of feels like that a little bit, but well, anyway. So um, ho- hopefully you guys get as excited as, as we are. This looks like a ton of fun. So check all that stuff out on the X Files section of our website. And uh, before we get lost in any more tangents or anything like that, let's get Sean Whalen in the room and talk a little bit about crust. Hey, kids, it's your old buddy, JB. And your old Uncle Jordan. Today, we want to talk to you about the Pittsburgh Moving Picture Festival, Trailer Bash, and Raging Pages. What makes this festival different is it's not just movies and shorts like your normal film festival. This is all about trailers for films and screenplays. For anybody who has trailers for upcoming projects or screenplays that you want to produce, this could be the perfect festival for you. March 27th is the regular deadline with a late deadline on April 16th. There is an extended deadline that you're going to have to pay more for, which is May 7th. And the event itself is happening May 21st. Awards will be given out for outstanding achievement and scripts for features, shorts, and TV episodes. And awards for best trailer, best editing, best cinematography, best score, and audience favorite. That's the Pittsburgh Moving Picture Festival, Trailer Bash, and Raging Pages. Submit your trailers or screenplays today on Film Freeway. Hey, Sean, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks for coming on again. No worries. I love love to be back. Thank you. So we got you on today to mostly talk about your new movie, your directorial debut, Crust, which has been in the works for like a long time. Like you mentioned it last year when you were on our show. It started in 2016. By the way, this is my cat. I'm not in 
I'm not specially endowed. Just let me just. This is squishy. Squishy is old and cranky. And if she doesn't uh, walk into every door that needs to be open, and if it's closed, she's going to scream. And then when you open it, she doesn't go in. She just, you know, it needs to be open. That's all. Fair. I have two cats of my own that are very similar. Can I ask you honestly, are they older? Uh, these ones aren't. The one I had before, directly before them was 18 when he passed did, away. Did the 18-year-old turn into just the this brazen old crap. Yeah, he Larry was Larry David, David yeah. in cat form. Our like, cats towards always kind of yeah. brazen, though. No, not no. So no, Jordan's no, no, not no. a Jordan's I'm not, not a, a cat, cat person. person. I'm like highly allergic, so I've developed a wall. You know, <laughs> it, that's safety and that's smart. Yeah. But I'll tell you, people get the wrong cat, dude. I yeah. foster kittens. Kittens are can be the, what's here's what's great about cats, and I and I was a dog person, is they don't need as much, but they, if you get the right cat, they snuggle with you every night on oh, yeah. your lap while you're watching TV. They sleep with you near your bed. But just as she's turned like 16, 17, she's basically like, I need everything I want right now. And and oh, now we yeah. will jump on the table, wear a hand clap, <laughs> you know, get off the table. It's literally like this. You'll go, I'm eating your food. Yep. Wow. Yep. She doesn't care. She just doesn't care anymore. Like I'm a humongous, I'm a humongous dog person, and you, you said you were a dog person. Now you're a cat person. You've converted. I'm adding to my animal. You're recipe. just an animal guy. It's missing. Adding to. Yeah. If we go to, if we go on vacation, it's you know have the, my daughter stop in once. My ex-wife goes on vacation. My ex, my daughter has to stay there and walk the thing five times. Oh, yeah. and, I've I've always said because I grew up a dog person like my family were dog people and not until I was an adult did I realize I'm actually a cat person. Yeah. I have always said that having a dog is like having a child and having yes. a cat is like having a roommate. Right. Yeah. Like and that cat yeah. is fairly autonomous. I, can, I like, see like, that. I can see that. It really. But that's why I like it, because my cats now they'll let me know when they want attention and when they don't want attention, they just go about their day. And I, I have a long-haired chihuahua, so he's cat-sized. So he, yes. he does all the things that you said that cats do. You know, he yes. hangs out. He hangs out on the bed, hangs out while I watch TV. But yeah, yeah it, it is a bit like a child. I, yeah. I see but, it is, but it is. But it, what I it's the but it's a roommate. It's one of your best friend roommates. It's not yeah. one of the ones. Yeah. Rent check. Well, and it's funny you, you mentioned money. you mentioned people get the wrong yeah. cat. And in that situation, it's like having a terrible roommate. It's like having a roommate that you have zero chemistry with. Oh, uh, this is making so much sense. Oh yeah, yeah. And and Mike, and listen, the the craziest thing is now that she's older, brazen in terms of I need food, and her wet food has to be in the center of her dish. When she eats it and pushes it over with her nose, she yells again until we put it right back in the middle. Crazy <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. weird flip side. She's been way more cuddly and lovey than she's ever been. So basically, I had like a fun, interesting uh, personality cat that is now Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I don't oh. know. Yet. The beast inside has been released. Well, well when now that she's old, it's like now she's more of a dog than ever. Like yesterday, I had a tuna sandwich. I'm sitting there on the, it's, I, I was doing some stuff. And as soon as tuna sandwich sitting on my uh, lap by the couch, I was watching the show. She gets up and literally just pushes her head, lifts up the bread, and just starts going at the tuna. And I'm like, wow. Right here. Yeah. Like, there's no fear yeah. anymore about me. Like, we, she, uh, the cat's like, I'm done waiting for you, man. Well, when so, I'm hungry, yeah. I'm done waiting. So my wife and I just had a baby four months ago, and 
it was like a switch flipped in our cat's heads when that baby came into the house. They all of a sudden realized that like our attention was no longer on them in any way. Yes. Not, like they do crazy shit now. Like what you're talking about where like I'll be lifting food to my mouth and one of my cats will just bat it out of my mouth. They've learned yeah. to open the cans. Yeah. I've seen it it's, happen. Yeah. It's gnarly. All right. So yeah. we got way off track. So crust 2016. All right, so 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 way back, you guys talking about long time ago last year. We, we got to go back to 2016, 2015. Yeah. Okay. So 2015, um, I finally my my uh, ex wife and I uh, split up in 2014, um, but then I move into an apartment. We finally we did a thing called nesting, which is kind of very interesting. It's very kind of new uh, way to do a divorce where you get an apartment. So my ex wife and I got along well enough to say, all right, we're getting a small apartment in town. Uh, it was like a studio, nothing in it, hardly. And we'd take turns staying there and the kids would stay in the house, right? So they stayed in the, oh. the home. We didn't have to pull them out of their home, but we went back and forth. That's so brilliant. That, wow. That's brilliant. It, it, most people don't do it because they can't get a, uh, their spouse. They probably don't get along with their spouse sure, to share sure. an apartment. Yeah. So they, uh, they can't afford the you know, two sure. apartments plus that, but we did and it was fine. But then in 2015, it was time to move out of the house. I had started a new relationship, um, uh, like five, six months with my now wife. Um, and when we moved into this apartment, I was fine. Everything was good. But then the holidays started coming up and it just hit me. And I think it was 18, you know, growing up, all the, the girls in their house, when we hit the holidays, we had a dope stuff for Halloween. We always had really cool stuff at our house. Um, we had always uh, like a skeleton theme one year we had like, uh, uh, Arabian nights and all the skeletons were dressed with, you know, flying carpets and stuff like that. We had a circus one time where we had a trapeze person hanging from a tree and walking across it. You know, we also always skeletons, all skeletons, all, all skeletons, yeah. that's fucking all awesome. skeletons all the time. And all skeleton winter underland. And we okay. had a, underland. a yeah. snowboarding in the tree and stuff. It was so dope. <laughs> but then, uh, and then, and um, Thanksgiving, we always made a big deal. Christmas, same thing. And so it was the first time approaching the holidays, and I felt like a failure. You know what I mean? I felt like oh, I'm the divorced dad in the crappy apartment, you know, and I had went through a major depression. It was really tough. And almost, you know, broke up with my girlfriend. It was just a terrible time. Lost a ton of weight. And then I came out like in January. And my ex-wife said, I think you just need to get through the holidays. She was correct. I did. And when I came out to, through the holidays and um, my ex, my wife now, and I sorted things out and stuff, I got through it. And I felt good. Like I'd never had one of those. It's terrifying because you feel like I'm going to be this way forever. Mm -hmm. You get out the other end and all these, these feelings just hit me. You know, like anger and frustration. And and I wasn't mad at anyone. I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what it was. And through the whole time, people were saying, oh, you should have, you should have had a pet. You know, we're talking about that. And I go, a pet, dude, I couldn't take care of myself, man. Mm -hmm. Like, how could I take care of a pet? Years before that, I had pitched to some horror people that they were like, we need to do a low budget horror comedy. Can you come up with anything? I go, well, how about a guy who collects the socks on a laundromat and just, you know, turns into a sock monster? And I just never thought of that again until after that. I was thinking, I said, I, it'd be fun to have a pet. They took care of all my enemies and all my problems. And I went, oh, man. And the two kind of merged together. Then I went on a set for um, uh, Ugly Sweater Party, Aaron Mento. Uh, if you haven't seen his movies, 
Um, he's very much like a young John Waters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In his new movie, 16 Bits, I hope you can see it. Like if you didn't pick, if you didn't know it wasn't made in the 80s, you, I mean, you literally would just go, oh, I found this movie from the 80s. Oh, like cool. he made it so cheesy. It's so dope. So He's incredible. But him and his boys were like making this movie on the cheap. And I went, oh, I have to write. I have to write a movie that I've always thought about the sock monster. And I went home with those feelings and I hooked up one of my old, oldest friends and I just, it just flew out of me. The whole thing just flew out of me. It was crazy. So we tried to get it going with that group and Felissa was in it and that, and then it, we didn't know how to do Indiegogo. We like, it didn't do very well. And, and, you know, we just didn't know anything. And then many iterations through uh different producers loving the script seeing what they liked and you know really good friends giving me really good notes you know that helped shape it over those years um but they're always trying to change it and say maybe you got to do this maybe you Mm. do that and and you know because we want it on the shelves of walmart and we want you know and you know don't do it in black and white because people will not want and i just said you know i'm not making this for that Mm. i'm making this for the people who grew up with me that loved people under the stairs, which is not, a, you know, you go Wes Craven, Scream, Freddy, 100%. Everybody knows that little trilogy of weird films he did, you know, Serpent in the Rainbow, uh, Shocker, and People Under the Stairs. That was like, sure. I don't know if you're a Bowie fan, but I always say it's like Bowie was when he went to Germany and he did Heroes Low and yep. Lodger. You know, <laughs> and he did all the weird stuff with Brian Eno and then came back and did more popular stuff. But it, like those movies are cult movies, but the people who love them love oh, them. Yeah. That's what you have to do with that kind of movie. I mean, with those kind of movies, especially if it's a horror comedy, like if you cater too much, then one of those edges is going to get do- too dull, right? It's either the comedy is going to get dumb or the horror is going to get completely uh, like washed out. Yeah, and and what was really cool is Felice was in the original thing, and then I was you know getting involved with another couple producers who were kind of leaning into different aspects that I wasn't really into. And and I thought, oh. and then she has a new producing partner named Dan Kearney. Uh, I hadn't really been in touch with her business wise. We've been just busy. And uh, him and his buddies are, are uh, businessmen from Connecticut. So they don't know how to be sleazy producers. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure, it's they're Connecticut. Like, 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 uh, they're like killer socks, you say. <laughs> yeah, but, well, they're, well, they're literally like, they're literally like, uh, wait, shouldn't you do this by the books and treat everyone fairly? And I go, yeah. And he goes, wait, people don't do that? And I go, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, oh, honey, don't ever go to New York. Just stay in Connecticut. Yeah, it's like, stay it's as like long as you can. Exactly. It's like some sort of weird 50s sitcom version of a, of yes. a producer. Oh, that's it's so funny. Yeah, it's pleasant. It's Pleasantville. And, and, and now he had paired up with Felissa, who had just tons of contacts in the horror yeah. world. And and then you're like, okay, they said, we've done some movies. Can we share the trailers? Well, that's always the thing when you get a producer and then they show you your trailers and you're either looking at bad acting, bad shots, mm-hmm. bad, you know what I mean? Something that you're like, okay, here we go. All three of these um, trailers were really cool. And my, sorry, my cat is moving my computer. And then I, uh, and then I was like, wow, they're really doing some good stuff. And then they showed me their Indiegogo campaigns. And then I just said, hey, Dan, can you read it? And he read the script and unlike anyone else who had read it, he called me up and he goes, I get what you're trying to say here because of when it came out and stuff like that. I had just gone through a ton of therapy and I had many things that I had learned. 
And he goes, you know, I understand what you're talking about with it because my character, the lead is depressed. Sure. And he goes, I understand that. Or the movie starts that way. I understand how that feels. I understand what you're trying to say. There's much more here. Like people have said, oh, why don't you change it to crusty if it's a fun creature? And I said, no, crust is also the hard shell and the problems that we lay on ourselves. We have to get to the soft spot. You yeah. know, we have to get to the soft stuff underneath. And how big your crust is, is how much you avoid dealing with things so this whole thing as i looked at it recently which i didn't realize is a bunch of people going through really hard times but making the wrong choices and sticking with the wrong choices like danny roebuck's character is my friend in the laundromat his wife has died and he turned to drinking well he's going to aa but he's he's going to aa and getting his you know you know whatever things for the court or whatever because he had maybe a DUI or something, but he's still drinking and he's saying, you know, I get a sock monster to kill people. There's other people who do nefarious things that Phyllis's character bangs someone else. And then like, they, everyone's making the wrong choice because the harder choice to get that crust off you is do yeah. hard ass work when it feels like it'll never work. It never feels like it's going to work when you're doing it, when you're in it. But over time, it slowly does. Yeah. And uh, and so I had all that in it and Dan got it hundred percent and he showed me how they did Indiegogo's. And this was like in the summer. Was that, was that Dan Roebuck? No, no, no. That's uh, Dan Kearney. Who's oh, like, okay. Did the other Dan. Okay, Danny it. Roebuck always said he would do it. Alan said he would do it, you know, but they would say that stuff. Oh, dude, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. But Danny was like, and I said, I have a smaller part. If you don't want it to, he goes, no, I want the biggest part I can be with you. <laughs> yeah. And, yes. and dude, Dan, Dan is such a stand up dude. And his, yeah, he's, 100%. Such a, he's, He's just there so excited few... to be in movies, man. Like, that's yeah, what I love about Dan. There are a few people that we've spoken to that I always am taken aback by because it's not, you know, they've been in the industry long enough to be so jaded. And Dan's one of those people that's not, right? Yeah, and there's these yeah. select group of people that, like, genuinely love the, the craft and genuinely love storytelling. It's funny you say that because I feel like there's two guests that we had last year. That like we came out of that being like, wow, like what positive energies these people had. And they were Felissa Rose and Daniel Roebuck. Yeah. And yeah. so like the, the, you've got you've got the right people, man. You've yeah. got amazing and people in this thing. And you got fucking Cameron from Ferris Bueller. What? Dude. Yeah. Alan Ruck. But the, the main thing for the Twister heads out there is the first time we've acted together since we were in that truck in yeah. Twister. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. so cool. Later, that's the first time we've acted on screen together. Now tell me, are you going to try to slip in some sort of subtle Easter egg or anything like that? I, Have I, you thought I, about that? I've already okay. So I'm a my cult movie. My cult movie is Sleepaway Camp. Hundred percent. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like, yeah. like nice. I so Felissa said if I do a documentary, you and your roommate, my friend Doug, are going to be because we went to a theater. We went to a theater because and and not because we heard anything about it. We were going to be camp counselors. My boy comes back and he goes, dude, we have to go see this movie. I'm like, why? He's like, we're going to be camp counselors, right? And he goes, it's sleepaway camp. You go in a bus, come back in a box. And I go, oh, shit, you're right. We have to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what am I supposed to say to that? Yeah. You know? And so we go and there's 40 people in the audience, maybe 40, 40 people tops, spread out big Westwood, uh, California theater. And, uh, we're sitting there, and when it ends, I've never seen this before since, the lights go on and everyone stayed, and then everyone was looking around going, wait, so, wait a minute, so the guy that was, wait a <laughs> second, wait a second, you know, and we all stood up, we start talking to each other in the in the aisle, oh, wow. follow each other out, we're all talking for another 20 minutes, and they're like, no, 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 it was, then when the guy said 
you know, you know whatever. Right. And she said this, and I've never experienced anything like this. Bring all our friends back the next weekend, it's gone. So we had to wait. Yeah. Like in, back in the day, it was you wait years until something. VHS. Dude, I was just talking with this about with my wife about this like yesterday, the other day before about exactly what you're talking about, that when I was a kid growing up in, in like the late 80s, early 90s, you waited six months to a year after yes. something was in a theater before it came to like Blockbuster or Errol's video or whatever. Now, I think the 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 standard is like 60 days now, like like yeah. like with like, all the Marvel stuff. It's 60 days after it leaves theaters. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah. Which is and absurd. so so uh, but but. We got when we finally got it, we had parties with friends and said, You gotta see this. And we turned it on to our families and we did all this crazy stuff. We had such a you know, good time. I've seen that movie like 30 times, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, when these producers were saying, Oh, you know, get on the show, I said, That's not, I'm making it for, I'm making it for the guy or the girl who comes home from the party with their friends, they've had adult, adult beverages, adult gummies, and they're sitting there, you know, they turn this on and they go. Oh my God, this is awesome. I got to tell my friends about this. Right. And the next week they have a party or they, they, you know, you know, they'll watch party with some friends. That I, That's what I had to tell these producers. Cause they're, I'm, you know, I'm basically saying, no, I'm not in it to make you a ton of money on the back right. end. That's not why I'm doing it. I'm making this for the fans who have appreciated my comedy, have appreciated my uh, horror. And I want to give you the gift that Sleepaway Camp gave to me, that Rocky Horror gave to my wife, that, uh, you know, people under the stairs is given to all these fans of like roaches on screen for 11 minutes, dude. Right. That's and it. it's iconic right. and it's iconic. And so th this is the perfect directorial debut for you. Then I love how much what I really love about this story is that you've you've cut to the, the emotional core of a story about a sock monster. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it immediately made me think of something that I think Stephen King said in on writing, which is, uh, you know, good storytelling is is only when two good ideas meet each other and become an actual story. And yeah. I love that you you had that journey, right? You had the sock monster and then you found a way to connect emotionally to that sock monster yeah, and find yeah. the core to that. Well, that, that's amazing. As, as someone who went through a divorce as well and went through a similar period where it was like, I didn't know who I wasn't mad at anything or anyone in particular. I was mad. Yeah. Uh, and I had an amicable divorce, right? Like my ex. Yeah, so I I. yeah, exactly. So I. And I tell people this all the time. Like even the most amicable, amicable divorce is traumatizing period. Yeah. So even hearing you describe that sells it to me on like a yeah. deep level. Right. So like, I love that there's, there's the sell to the horror audience that it's, it's a fucking sock monster. But there's heart. Core. There's heart there. And the, yeah, and then there's yeah. the sell to people that's, you know, it's wonderful when you can relate a specific experience to other people, right? And there's that yeah. weird sense of connection that like goes a little deeper. I did. Yeah, it. yeah. I, did and, it. And I, I mean, I actually have uh, I've met a guy yesterday and and he's got a thing called uh victims and villains or something and and it's a it's a mental health uh entertainment group that they do you know radio shows and stuff like that but they also have resource centers for people who are That's getting excellent. it so i got on there and i was like dude i think i need to partner with you guys yeah. possibly be on the film because that's i definitely want to discuss that because people who have gone through that they kept on going yeah i can see what he's going through a little bit like yeah. they it's what i'm going through and uh and so i think it was that kind of passion that that drove me to do it and I and and people who understood it and then with Felissa and Dan the way they they do things we just we only want to work with people 
who want to be there, who get it. I had I had a, an actor, a pretty strong actress that would be good, you know, kitsch wise if they were in it with me or something because mm-hmm. it's a union of sorts. But you know, she had read it. And she goes, "Oh, you're doing Porky's, huh? Like jerking off into socks." And I went, oh, "You don't get it." You know what I mean? Like, right. and she only, get it. she'd only read for like 20 pages and said, "I think I'll finish it." I, the other actress who ended up getting the role called me and was like, "I couldn't put it down." Yeah. Like I knew the script in one sitting, but I could not put this down. And then you go, "That's that's who, who you I want." You know, right. I mean, that person who gets it and understands the fun of it, you know. And the best thing is, you know, people like Alan and Danny. You, you know, I we all have the best intentions, but Danny was like, "No, I want a bigger part." And then you know, Alan was finishing up Succession. He's traveling all over the world. And then I get back and I go, "Hey, can I talk to you?" He's like, "Sure." And I go, "Hey, man, uh, you know, do you want to do this?" And and you had said yes a long time. He goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely." He goes. He goes, I'll, I said, well, you got to tell, he goes, I'm going to tell my people, you announce me when you want to, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, of course I'm in. And I go, have you read it? And he, he goes, no, I haven't. He goes, wasn't it like, it's a lot of cum, right? And I go, and I was, <laughs> I go, Alan, I'm I'm completely, and he goes, why? And I go, it's a lot of heart with a lot of cum. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's that crust sock uh, cum movie, right? It's a heart that pumps cum instead of blood. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and how much? No. How, did you have like a lot of stress going to that conversation? Be like, oh, I hope this is going to happen. And he was just so easy about it. Oh my god, it was like night and day. You know, I, I you, just because it's easy to say, but he's right. such a big, you know, actor that he could easily say, yeah, my agent says I got to keep those months open. I just finished. The, who knows? You know, sure. and all about it all valid sure. but no he was super dope and i you know we just dropped the news on um people were freaking out you know and all the you know so so it's just so nice that he goes no no no, i want it he goes i'm calling my people and he has big people and he's and he says i'm doing this for my buddy that's it and i go well you know I, i'm in the budget i'm trying he goes ah, we'll figure it. he goes i'm doing it just say i'm doing it yeah, and it was like, awesome. oh my God, it's so beautiful, you know. Awesome. Um, He's got a clause in his contract somewhere he can do one bodily fluid-based movie, <laughs> like every decade, yeah. maybe decade, two decades, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're Just like, Alan, Alan, you're lucky that in 2010 you did that Airwax movie, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. Free. Skating there's, by. Well, yeah, because there's probably like, a, you know, a five or ten year non-compete with any sort of right. bodily yeah, fluid. Yeah. I, would imagine, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, well, so so production wise, where are you guys at with it right now? So right now, um, because we want to do it the way we want to do it, and we want to deliver a movie that you I know would be funner for you guys. We are doing an Indiegogo campaign. Um, we have done really well. We want to get to yeah, you, you know, guys slayed it. You guys met your 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 first. We met the initial call. Yeah, but the thing an Indiegogo they make you do something that's achie- I mean, here's the trick of it: you have to put something that's achievable first. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's never your real goal. Like sure. we, you know, we, it would be very hard to make a movie for forty k. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what Maybe I was amazed not. about when I saw that. I'm like, this man is going this. I thought you were just calling in every favor, man, that you, that you Yeah, knew. no, and I mean, but I, I am in in some way, but then, but then we really want to, I mean, I really want to hit a hundred, but the, you know, right sure. now there's our next goal is 70 because people want to feel sure. that we're sure, sure. there and stuff like that. But I, um, so I am telling people like, you know, you can be a part of this movie in so many different, from a $5 shout out from me to uh $25 that's the big one that I'm trying to get a thousand people to do that it's 
a special thanks. Your name is in the this movie for the life of the movie, for the rest of it, in the credits. And uh, my fans, I last week, if you follow me, I asked, if I get this goal, should I do a man wax? Should I paint my body from head to toe or dress up and drag and perform it? Overwhelmingly, people said dress up and drag and perform. Yeah, I, okay. I, yeah. I, I voted on that. I voted for drag. Yeah, yeah. It's also a two-parter because the other two involve like some sort of wardrobe well, change, but yeah. they don't involve performing. I just I voted yes, for that because yeah. I feel like where we're at in history right now, more people need to They're like dinner just, and a show. Just bra- like brazenly, to use your word, do drag. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. especially like as of today with Bill Lee in Tennessee making it literally illegal to be dressed in drag in public. Like yeah, that's in, that's that insane. Guy. That yeah, so to me it's interesting. But believe me, when I was doing my radio shows this morning, I did a whole bunch. The ones like in different places, and I was like, I didn't mention that. Oh. Uh, but I was, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm super down, and and I really want, I really want us to get to a thousand of those. Mm-hmm. I think it would be fun. That's willing to show what I did. I I did this pinky. Yeah, this is Fuck yeah, that's that. excellent work, by the way. It's my, I, I got it at a real place. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But uh, it, it's my pinky to say, I'm going to take this off in front of an audience of people right before the screening of the first screening of Like Cross. you're going to chop so. the finger off or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And my cat will eat it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's an old Hollywood tradition. Yeah. 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 And I'm going to just, I'm going to say that I'm trying to, I'm going to keep this thing on as long as I can. Uh, and oh, yeah. until, I'm going to keep it on until this the movie screens in front of an audience and everyone will watch me take it off nice. at the first. <laughs> nice. That's my goal. But I'm willing to put myself in drag. I'm willing to do anything to, to get the art that I want to portray to the, my fans out. Oh, so, yeah. so right now I'm doing that. Um, what, are you, what are you going to perform in drag? See, that's what I don't know. But when I get when I get uh, what I'm going to tell people, the, the next question will be the next vote will be. Do you want me to do pretty drag? Because that's all thing, or fun campy drag. Right. And then people decide. And then once I get that, the drag, I'm gonna reach out to the drag queen community and find someone who's willing to make me over and we'll film it and do the whole thing. My vote is for you to be roach in drag. Oh roach in drag could be funny. That could be (laughs) that would be amazing. Yeah. Roche. 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 Oh, love it. (laughs) Exactly. See. You should tra- you should this trademark that right. Wheels now. are already turning. Yeah, I love exactly. That. And then so I have great DP who literally said, you know, we need to storyboard this now because you need to know what we're shooting, how we're shooting it, because you're going to be worrying about your actors and your performance. So mm-hmm. God, he's so smart for doing that. So we've been knocking it out and that's been really fun did he and, shoot the image uh, that's on uh, the poster that you've released so far no that was aaron mento shot that in a laundromat like okay. in 2016 because right. i yeah. really feel nice. like that image captures the the mood yeah. that you're conveying like entire like it's like it's all there uh so it's a great image yeah. like really yeah 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 and, and, and what's great about that one is that you can't really see crust but if you look close enough you can see his two eyes are like looking at me uh it just looks like a pile of socks but if yeah. you see it and, uh yeah but no it's it's something that you know this I, I know this community and i've dreamed about the horror convention signing socks having crust the <laughs> puppet right there behind me people oh, yes. get photo opportunities with it then bringing the puppeteer sometimes so people get a vip video they can get a video with me and the puppet and they can you know the puppet will react and everything so um 
and and the puppeteer is a muppeteer is a true muppeteer oh wow yes oh yes show that is announced that i'm so psyched about they're doing a dr teeth in the medicine show you know the I, band. yeah i saw this did you hear about yeah, that and yeah and, what, and like so every yes. time a new muppets property comes out i'm a little suspect of it Always. at first like the one that they did that was basically a parody of the office but it was the muppets so it was like the oh. weird um Oh, see, documentary style Muppet show. It wasn't great, but the Dr. T thing looks kind of wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I guess like they were telling me the funny story about uh, a very big director and I can't say, and I'll tell you guys off there, but, <laughs> but basically wanted to be so bad and wanted to, wanted to have a moment with the saxophone guy, Zoot, you know, the guy with yeah, yeah, yeah. sunglasses and the cat, you know, the saxophone guy. Yeah, the jazz cat. And, I, and it's just so funny. Like to me, <laughs> being around those, the just like being around animal or, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it would be so cool. But bottom line is she worked for real Muppeteers at the Jim Henson company. When she took the puppet and did it lot, it was nuts. Like I was, oh, sure. Oh my God. Like this thing is amazing that so was, that was like the first moment it like actually looked alive to you oh my god it was nuts yeah. it, wow. you know and so i thought and it talking about pets like literally it has the eyes where you know if it's curious it can go you know and, and look like that sure. and be excited with its eyes wide open mean with its eyes closed and she just did so many cool things it was it was nuts wow. i'll have to i'll have I'm to so get excited a, to see it i have to get an email for you guys and i'll have to send you the video it's so dope oh you i'd guys love to see yeah. that hell yeah so is it all practical effects you're going for in this film or are there going to be some vfx i think we only have two and a half vfx shots okay everything Practical. Oh, that makes my heart so happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm 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 a strong advocate of practical I effects. I just love puppets. I mean, like all of yeah. these things. Like I love practical effects, puppets in like the the realm of John Carpenter's The Thing, and I love puppets in yeah. the realm of like Jim Henson's Muppets and I mean yeah. Crystal, I love fucking you know. Thanks Killing, dude. Like, hey, it's, like yeah. the way, it's arguably the worst puppet ever. I just I think Jordan Downey's cool with me. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, love I that. think there's something inherently whimsical and also abjectly terrifying about puppets <laughs> yes. right like no matter where they sit on the spectrum of puppetry there's always something wonderful and terrifying at the same time about them i guess like, sort of like that new M megan movie is sort of like a walking puppet yeah you know? yeah i haven't seen that yet I'm me neither, me neither I heard, but but i i uh i feel like i'm in the right realm of what people want right now because you know toy story five and frozen three and and oh, i yeah. love toy story like toy story sure, to me of course like i would say arguably the best trilogy you know one two and three is arguably the best trilogy and come at me i'll you no, know we won't one <laughs> of the ring whatever and i'll go yeah but each one was specific and it did a sure. great art and i appreciated four but five i'm like come on guys like yeah, yeah. it's you know disney I've noticed this thing where when it's Disney's property, like it's a Disney joint per se, yeah. they milk it to death. Uh, and well, I've noticed that with properties they've acquired, like Lucasfilm and Marvel, uh, they play a completely different game, right? Like if you compare what Disney did with Toy Story and the Frozen films to how gingerly they're treating the Star Wars universe in terms of like yeah. adding new property to it. Like it's night and yeah. day. Uh, yeah. 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 But the, but but I, yeah. I when I when I saw everybody get so pumped for Cocaine Bear, I go yes, that's what I because I, I go I'm gonna yeah. actually do a post of my thing. I go tell me here here's my question: If you're going to see Cocaine Bear, are you seeing it with 
A, you know, are you seeing it with friends, adult beverages, adult gummies, or all three? And if you're not doing any of those, why do you hate America? Yeah. 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 Let me just share to you my my heartbreak, bro. I've been sitting on a a meth gator script that I wrote and was like circulating around for quite some time, which is that same approach where it's wild and crazy, but there's like a very true heart to it. Yes. Oh, dude, you know? I've read and, it and, and it's it, incredible. Uh, it takes itself seriously within its own realm. And uh, to see that new poster from Asylum drop. There's another guy I know who uh, wrote, I, I wish I, I, I mean, the name is so dope. It's insane. But I, uh, but same kind of fun thing. And I, and I really think people are looking for the group of friends that come over and have their adult brownies and, and kick back and like have a blast watching a movie like this, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think that's, and that's what I was saying about the community. I think I can see the community embracing something like this. Absolutely. And that's the kind of thing like at a film festival, you know, people would love to see that on a big screen with horror fans. And that is the fun, man, the community element, the drive-in element. Uh, I'll tell you this. What, if COVID did anything for the entertainment industry, for films and in, in specifically, it reignited a passion for cult cinema. And it reignited a passion for yes. getting away from giant, big-budget blockbuster films. Yes. And remembering that it's, you know, mm-hmm. for every Jaws, there's an Earth Girls Are Easy, right? Yes. And, and there's a Tammy and the T-Rex. That you're yeah. Just like, yeah, you're like, yeah, man, fucking uh, whatever. Spielberg's great, but like, it didn't have the same impact on me that Tammy and the T Rex did, right? Right. And like, 100%. and COVID brought us back to a place where we were like, you know, because we were locked inside for two and a half years. So yeah. of course we yeah. ran out of shit to watch on streaming. So we, yeah. we went back to some weird shit. Um, yes. And, and and we crave the communal, right? Yeah. We crave that aspect to the yeah. film experience, right? The theater, but on a small scale, even. Well, everybody has like a personal goal. When I, in the 90s for me, I, I was like, I, my goal was, I don't want to be a, I just don't want to be the milk guy anymore. Sure. 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 You know, oh, you're the milk guy. No. Oh, it's the milk guy. Hey, you're the milk guy. And I went, okay. And then that I achieved that goal. People go, I know you from, and I'm like, you're that guy from that thing. Well, now I, now I have my like, you know, in restaurants, you know, I was a waiter. I don't know. Did you guys do bartending or oh, restaurant? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We both have well, you know how to read a table, right? You go up, the two businessmen hunched over like this. You go, what would you like? You get out of their way. You can sure, tell they're sure. not in it. The old ladies on the girls' night out, you're like, wait a minute, I need some IDs. And they're like, oh, yep. you know, like, all, you, you know how to read and play that. Now I literally, who comes up to me? I go, they go, what do I know you from? I go, how old are you? Woman, 25 to 45? Uh, never been kissed, hundred um, <laughs> percent. Quirky musician person, that thing you do. Yeah. Um, someone with uh, uh, the African American community loves uh, loves uh, people under the stairs. Yeah, right. Uh, you come up with me with a big black shirt and and tats all over. People under the stairs. I, I just know so many uh, sure. young young twenty somethings. They know me from Disney Channel. It was all five years ago. So mm-hmm. like I know how to pick out who. Sure what do you want and stuff like that. But so then when I met Felissa years ago, she said, I just don't want people to want Angela to come to the, to the, um, uh, mention stuff. They, I want them to want Felissa to come and, and right. she hundred percent. Oh yeah. People of course love Angela, but people want Felissa Rose. My new goal is I want people to come up to my table and want to buy stuff from crust, not just people under the stairs. Sure. Hell yeah. That's my goal. Hell yeah. And so, 
it's really hard to do that because, you know, Bill Mosley, all of us, you know, we all get Sid, all of us, when we were out there you, and you do new movies and you're just hoping some, but they all come back and want to, yeah. you know. They want. I've heard a couple actors explain this to me before where, uh, you know, careers and movies in general and performances are all about moments, right? And uh, and yeah. it doesn't matter how many things you do, it's always going to come back to a certain few moments. And you've, I think, had a fortunate career in the way that you've created so many of those yeah. moments. Yeah. Uh, over time that, that you're able to do that where you look at somebody yeah. age range, you're like, okay, I feel like I know probably what my moment might be for, for these people. Yeah. And like, I think that's a beautiful thing, right? To create those moments. Cause that's what lasts forever. Right. People I don't mean, remember the whole movie. They remember the part that they, they love. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, I think that, you know, I read Keith Richards book, which is amazing. If you haven't read it, must read it because when people go, <laughs> he should be dead. If you read the book, you go, no, 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 no. He should be dead. Like a hundred. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, let's put it this way: he's he's having sex with this, you know, woman on uh, in Laurel Canyon, and an explosion goes off in the thing. Him and her dive out of the room, bedroom window, naked. And I go, "This isn't just about. This is like a crazy, you know, <laughs> right? Like made up. Yeah. No, that's Tuesday for him." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, but 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 the point was in his book. He said in the '80s, Mick wanted to be, he wanted to do what Michael Jackson did and separate from the Stones and do his own thing. And he said, I wanted to be the cool blues guy and stuff. And at the end of the decade, they turn to each other and they go, "Shit, they just want to hear the Stones." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so you know, you're trying. When can you? You know, I mean, Paul McCartney's biggest chairs. I went some. You know, it's still always going to be the Beatles, no matter what. And he's got yeah. some really cool music, but. But to me, it's just I just want people to have something new to see me as. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and try to, you know, balance that out with something new. And that's really hard to do when you have iconic performances and things that were old, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. But I think the way you're doing it is the way to do it, to create new moments, is to come at something like this as a true passion project, right? This isn't some horror comedy that like uh, some network is churning out. You're taking your killer sock movie as seriously as you could possibly take yeah. it. And that's yeah. what makes me excited to see it. Yeah. I, I just want, I mean, I have a dance sequence in there where I'm dancing with the sock puppet. Amazing. Hell yeah. I mean, it's sock monster, sock monster, but you know, I, it, there's so many fun. I mean, it's just, I'm trying to give those gifts and, and, uh, but, but going way back to the original question, I have some sleepaway camp, Easter eggs. Oh yeah. Hell yes. Under the stairs. I haven't had any twister ones, but now everyone's like, please just one. There's just gotta something. be one. Even if I, it's just, I, you know what? Even if it's just like a tiny little cow that flies by in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I don't know, but I, but I will, but yeah, that's what I think, you know, and what's, and I think I noticed a difference because I got on TikTok and I got like 400,000 followers. I went to a convention years before and I'd walk around and big people were there. Like 20% of the people would be like, oh, yeah, there's Sean. That's cool. Like, uh, you know, I walk to the bathroom or anything. This time I just went to Mad Monster Party and like 80% of the people were like, oh, there's Sean. And then the people who came up to the table were not saying, oh, I love Danny. I'm glad he's in your movie. Or, I love Phyllis. I'm glad she's in your movie. They all came up and go, dude, I love this idea for the story. Fuck yeah, I love dude. the story. And then I went, oh, I'm I'm going to be okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's they love, they, they're curious about the idea. And that made me go, oh, this is this yeah. is good. Yeah. Wait, you know, my big moment will be if someone cosplays me or Rebecca Kennedy or the monster. Oh, yeah. Or the sock, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the other thing is Hollywood says, you know, oh, you can 
lead a movie. Oh, will you will you give me one? No. And then they're like, oh, you could you could be a romantic lead. Really? You think so? Will you give me one? No. You know, so you have to educate them what you can do. Sure. That's sure. the way it is right now. I have to show you what I can do. It's like when you know, Billy Bob Thornton did Sling Blade and Stanley Tucci and uh, I forget his other, uh, they partnered up and did Big Night. And, mm -hmm. you know, you have to show people what they don't know you can do. Sure. And mm -hmm. so uh, for Rebecca Kennedy and I to be, have romantic, you know, romantic leads, never been done, you know, no one would ever do that. Sure. But people look at us and they go, yeah, but that's what real life looks like. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Yep. There's, yeah. Yeah, and Brad, that's what's Brad lacking, Pitt you know. Is not real life. There's like, something like, inherently different when I look at everything around crust, the, the 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 vibe, just the photograph, and then I look at something that on the surface should be similar, like Slacks, for instance, the killer yeah. the killer jeans movie. Oh yeah. But like yeah, I, I get completely fun. It looked fun. It was it was, it was fun. Yeah. It I don't was know fun how much it like was exactly what it sold itself. But as. I don't know how much <laughs> like, I got out of it like emotionally, right? Yeah. Like that element yes. didn't like strike necessarily, which is you know, it doesn't have to in a movie about killer pants. It doesn't have to. <laughs> right. But no. I love like this is what makes me so much more excited for something like Crust where I can I feel the the emotional center of that movie, and it just yeah. makes so much more sense to me. Yeah, and I think that's that's what I'm excited about is people who write me, and and you know I've had several people on my crew. Obviously, they were great, and they said, "Yeah, man, this kind of hit a little different than I thought it mm -hmm. would." You know what I mean, seeing seeing him have a panic attack mm -hmm. in the back of the lumber mat, sure. and, you know, stuff like that, and struggle to get through some things, and and I said, "Good, you know, then that that's a discussion that we should have." Yeah. And normal it on screen is not like you know i did a I did a movie uh as a lawyer and this was a true case uh, this is a real actual case um about domestic abuse in michigan and the the writer didn't put in this one section i did my research of the the, the case and everything and he didn't put in this one section i go dude you have to put this back in because it's so brazenly awful and i'm defending the the guy who beat his wife and and one of the things he says is is you know and you know what they have against us they have phone calls and what's so you know there's nothing inherently dangerous or uh life-threatening about a phone call they're merely an inconvenience and that was a true thing he said in the thing the phone calls literally were i'm gonna rape you i'm gonna kill our kids in front of you i'm gonna you know, murder every i'm gonna burn down your house with you trapped and i was like if if mental health was normalized, that would be abuse. Right. Hundred. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. All yeah. those inconveniences is, you know, you go what? Like that is abuse. You know right. what I mean? Well, so, it's, so it's 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 only you know it's only referred to as abuse after the fact, right? Like yeah. that's 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 like that's the part about it that that you just hit the nail on the head. By the way, with saying if when when not if mental health is normalized and destigmatized. Um, it will not be the norm for it to be after the fact, right? Like that's the really infuriating part about that. But well, when when, when women go to the police department and say he's left these messages, wrote these notes, right. you know, painted weird things on my car, da 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 da, then they can go arrest them. Right. As opposed yeah. to, well, he hasn't hit you yet. Or it's like yeah. every time yeah. you hear about a mass shooter, about a week later, yeah. you start hearing all of the news stories like, oh, yeah, dude, this dude raised red flags his entire life. And multiple right. therapists were like, he's going to kill one day. But nobody yeah. did anything because like, they were like, oh, he's yeah. upstanding. A hundred percent of every case where that you've seen where someone is killed by their stalker, they all have this moment where they go to the police and they're like, well, 
You know, after Wish he attacks you, come talk to us. Then we can do something. Yeah. At least in this movie, and this is a true thing too, they all say literally go, we need dental records and fingerprints just in case we find you dead. Just keep them on yeah. file. That's, well, that's what the police are doing. And, you know, and you're like, to, to tie this to crust in a weird way, it's cool that you're in your own sort of lighthearted and yet horror way destigmatizing yeah. mental health and saying, yeah. like, normal people go through mental health struggles. And it's a matter of, you know, one of the yeah. reasons I loved the Joker film so much was because the majority yeah. of that film, film dealt with what happens when you ignore mental health yes. in, in society or when you make it a classist thing. Um, yes. And yeah. to, to know that that's a motivation for you that ju- that if I wasn't already going to be behind this 100%, that would throw me behind it, right? Because that's and, and, I mean, look, I could have done a movie. He's like, there's a guy that's depressed, and he buys a really good book that his friend recommended. He did some work and then got a really right. great therapist, and now he's better, right? Like, no, no one wants to. <laughs> no. so right. this is showing the downside of those things. But if we if it goes well, and right now it looks like it is the interest, I did write it as a trilogy. Ooh. There is a part two yeah. and a part three, and there's a whole arc to the whole thing. So uh, let's let's see if that. I, I mean, I doubt I, yeah. it. Now it's getting the interest it is now that we wouldn't. I mean, I love that you're low key playing the long game. Yeah, that's smart. That's yeah, smart. yeah. I, and uh, yeah, a friend of mine uh, who said, "Dude, I've read the script," and he goes, "And I think the the world needs this right now." He's like, "You really have to shit the bed when you shoot this thing." For it not to do well sure, you know what i mean sure you know my wife and i would i started to sit down with my dp we i sat down i go i just started you know laying out the shots and we both started crying and hugged each other and she goes you've been working so hard to get this done i'm so happy for you you know yeah. so it, it, i think it's gonna be fun i think it's Hell gonna yeah. be fun well, Sean, we wish you all the best with it, man. Yeah, we are, we're um, so excited for the movie. We can't wait yeah. to see it when it comes out, wherever yeah, it's going to come out. Please help us out, people. Please just go get a special thanks, and you can be a part of something fun. Yeah. What's yeah. the, uh, what's the, it's Indiegogo, is, the, is there a specific uh, website? Indiegogo.com, that's it. And then search, you just put crust. Okay, and we'll cool. Pop. Great. And if you guys are extra lazy, we'll just post that link right in the X-Files Directly off our, on our website. website. Yeah. So go check that out. Go grab one of those perks. Get your name in the credits. All right, so we'll have to reconvene this summer after I shoot and I'm in the editing process. Hell right? yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, All sounds right. great. All right, thanks, guys. Thank Sean. you so much, man. <laughs> Fucking Sean Whaley, man. I can't say it enough, like, how how good I felt walking away right. from that. And, like, I went home immediately and I was trying to tell Karen. I already told you. I like, explained to her who he was by telling her he was the milk guy. Yeah. But when I tried to start talking about crust to her... I got to Cumfield Sock Monster right. and just lost her. Right, and she That's was like, where, "I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you there." <laughs> um, but yeah, like, how weird is it? I think we said this too when we finished recording. How weird is it to walk away feeling like inspired and like endeared to a Cumfield Sock Monster? Right, and that's that's what I kept coming back to too. And I love that so much because. No matter what story you're telling, you need to be that excited about yep. it. You need to be a hundred percent about it. And it it like and he is that way. And this is his story and it's highly personal. And from being lucky enough to read the script, you can tell it's very personal. JB even I spent quite a bit of time before we recorded today just talking about the story, talking about the script. Uh, and I think it's something that like hopefully Sean will be able to recreate that magic that he's talking about where people will be able to get together 
on a Friday night and like have a few and just fucking have a good time and maybe talk about the story for a while. Well, and this this reminds me so much after having read the script uh, of those Friday nights in the 90s where you go to Blockbuster and try to find the weirdest movie you can find in the horror section. Oh, and just grab it. And you just stumble upon this. But it becomes... One, it becomes like your favorite thing, yeah. right? Because you, you know, at least for a while, you're the you're the one that got to turn people. And we talked about this in the interview how like how good it feels to be the person that like turns somebody on to yeah. Something a weird, weird horror property, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and how there's sort of a a du- uh, duality of emotion with that, where you're like, you know, I don't want to be a gatekeeper, but at the same time, like I'm cooler than you because I know about this. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's, it's just it's, exciting to share yeah. something weird, and then for someone else to respond to the weird thing that you respond to. Yeah, that is that's magic, and that's the that's the drive-in element that I that I mentioned. I think that that's something that we crave as as horror fans. So yeah. I'm excited for this this film to develop. I think we'll keep in touch with Sean as he continues with this movie. Uh, as I said before, please contribute to his crowdfunding campaign. The link is in our X-Files, or just go to Indiegogo and search Crust. Yeah. You'll find it. Uh, and if you guys want to hear about a half hour of extra talk with Sean Whalen, the only place to get that is over at patreon.com slash campnightmare, where you can get access to our secret episodes and access to our ever-growing Discord channel, where we've been sharing all kinds of ridiculous shit with you guys. Uh, and props to Rob for moderating that shit and keeping that boat afloat. Uh, and you can also get discounts on merch and the only place to get pre-orders when we get new stuff made. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as always, guys, we love you so much. Make sure you guys go follow us on social media. Coming up next week, guys, we're going to have a great interview with our good friend Scott Goldberg, a uh, filmmaker from New York. He's making a werewolf movie called The Forest Hills that yes. features... Uh, Felissa Rose, who is obviously is going to be in Crust also. Uh, it features Edward Furlong. And most excitedly, Shelley Duvall is coming and, out of retirement for this movie. And Dee Wallace. And Dee Wallace, a national He treasure. said most excitedly. Dee Wallace is my spirit animal. And she's great. So, yeah, guys, for, you know, that does it for this week. As always, uh, nothing's real. And don't tell us what to do. Thanks for listening to Camp Nightmare. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Slasher. And for full Campfire Tales, interviews, X-Files, and more, visit CampNightmare.com. And join our Patreon community of happy campers for monthly secret episodes, exclusive merch deals, B-movie watch-alongs, access to our Discord channel, and more. Visit Patreon.com slash Camp Nightmare.